To all the wanderers, wanderers, free thinkers, and throwaway kids, welcome to the dumpster fire. Let's Let's get get dumpster dumpster diving. diving. All right, man, we are, we're back. We are back. We're back. Uh, It's been a little, uh, I wouldn't say a little hectic. It's been a lot hectic. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, uh, but, uh, we're back. We're going to trudge on. Yep. Uh, we, uh. I have an interesting one tonight. We are not drinking a bourbon tonight. Sweet. No, what we are drinking tonight is uh, Mr. Connor McGregor's Proper 12 Triple Distilled Irish Whiskey. Oh. Ooh. Now, this is the most mixed review whiskey I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Connor being as popular as he is, I think has fed some of the, uh, the positive reviews on this. Yeah. Uh, now... The one that stood out to me when I read it was there's too much vanilla. That's interesting because when I looked up how these are made, there's no... Uh, the, the rule for uh, Irish whiskeys, they're barley malt. So they start out with a different base instead yeah. of corn and rye, barley yeah. malt. Uh, they're, and they're aged in ex-bourbon barrels instead of new barrels. Yeah. They have to be aged for three years, but there's not a lot of rules outside of that. So flavoring can be added. I guess. Now, this stood out even more as I read through because Business Insider reviewed this. Now, this is—I've never seen Business Insider review an alcohol. Have you? <laughs> no, never so heard I definitely of it. perked up when I saw that. I was like, "It's very interesting." Uh, yeah. Their comment was that uh, it smells like ethanol. Someone put some vanilla in. So <laughs> wow. apparently, apparently here, what we're dealing with is they are trying to hide a uh, cheaper Irish whiskey with. Some extra vanilla. <laughs> nice. Now this makes a lot of sense too. I obviously like to know about the distillery and give you a little history on these. Yeah. Uh, I was so excited. I'm like, hey, I'm gonna talk about an Irish distillery. This will yeah. be so neat. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> they don't disclose where this comes from. It's yeah. a blended whiskey, so yeah. it technically come from a bunch of different places. It probably. can come from a bunch of different places and be blended together to make whatever we get yeah. in this bottle. Yeah. So, our first on the podcast, Irish Whiskey. Proper 12. I, the bottle is so boring. Like, yeah. when I heard Proper 12, I thought I'd go in there and see, like, Ed Hardy designs, like a yeah. flamboyant pink bottle. It's just a green bottle with, like, a tiger and a crown on the front yeah (laughs) it's not not a yeah it didn't inspire me so let's give it a shot tastes strikingly similar to Jameson to me I definitely don't taste the over ethanol Uh, I don't know what they're talking about there it's a weaker whiskey it's probably 80 proof where's the proof they don't even tell that. <laughs> it varies. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on which bottle you got. It changes from bottle to bottle. No, it's 80 proof. Yeah, this is an 80 proof. So I think we've gotten a little used to drinking the 100 plus proof rise. So yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm just desensitized. That I taste the the heavy vanilla Ford note. That yeah. is that is that's true. There. Yeah. But uh, I don't hate it. No, it's not horrible. It. it that aftertaste tastes uh, remarkably like Jameson to me. Yes, it does. Uh, we have a... Uh, it tastes like Jameson with a bunch of vanilla in it. <laughs> it tastes like Jameson has been hopped up with vanilla. That's, yeah. a, that's a good way to put it. So, uh, we will have 
a uh, very special episode coming up, and uh, Sarah, your rye whiskey will be featured on that one. Yeah. So I want everyone to know we did not forget about you. Just been uh, been a lot going on. Yeah. So, Life changing uh, events. Absolutely. Uh, it, it will be uh, Justin and I primarily now. Uh, yeah. Aaron will. Hopefully, be dropping in. Uh, I have some other guests slated who yeah. came out of the woodworks, and I've got some other stuff I'm working on. So, we just really wanted to get back tonight. It's a Sunday. This is going to drop right after we're done. It'll yeah. be now the closest we've ever done to a live recording. Yeah. And just let everybody know we meant it when we said we'd carry on. I mean, yeah. uh, life's been extraordinarily hard for me, but this has been a. a a powerful outlet for me and it's been and, a positive in my life and i really think the queen of the dumpster fire would have wanted us to carry on honestly i'm positive of that um so. she uh she was a warrior for this so she uh, mm -hmm. i think it's uh, in her spirit that we have to continue so yep but. yep so. well to ella to ella so. we do not have a good uh <laughs> Uh, framework for tonight guys so it's gonna be a free dive and I've already picked where we're gonna launch off uh, <clears throat> drinking uh, Mr. McGregor's whiskey here uh, he was a obviously MMA fighter if you don't know who he is he, I'm shocked he's probably the most <laughs> famous MMA fighter of all time yeah. because he is kind of an asshole very <laughs> divisive figure yeah he uh, he he's a heel mm-hmm uh, to the extreme, uh, he's he said some very uh, crazy stuff yeah. that I can't agree with. I used to be a big fan of his, but uh, yeah, I, his I, whole shtick is just being controversial. Yeah, <laughs> that's it's become that, and uh, the the Dustin Poirier thing. Uh, when you beat someone and then you come out and you give props to, uh, you know. Uh, anti-bullying campaigns and yeah. you just are that direct and gentlemanly I mean that's just crushing that's yeah. so maybe Connor will come back one day but uh, what's happening tonight on Sunday night yeah. is that uh, one of the Paul brothers the YouTube stars I'm not exactly sure what they do to be famous I've I've watched a, like an interview with Takashi 69 yeah. who actually is a very interesting character I've had him all wrong but he did an interview with Jake or Logan, I can't remember which one. Yeah. That's the only thing I've ever seen of them. But uh, they're professionally boxing now. Yeah. And a former MMA Strike Force champion and UFC champion at 170, actually, Tyrone Woodley, will be boxing uh, the younger brother Jake tonight. Nice. This is going to be very interesting. Uh, this is the first seriously game person that I don't think will uh, play exhibition with him. That he's yeah. gonna fight. Uh, yeah. It has been horrible in the lead up. Tyrone has railed him. <laughs> it, it's just been kind of hilarious. I'm like, yeah. oh gosh, this this could this could be hilariously fun. Yeah, I imagine it will be. Um, I I know very little about the Pauls. All I know is they are influencers and famous for the sake of being famous. Yes. Um, and uh, I know Logan was uh, engaged to a porn star, but would not leave his roommate. Uh, actually, I think it wasn't Logan. It was his roommate, Mike something, that was engaged to a porn star, but wouldn't move out of the house for her. So. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, possibly one of the uh, most tragic things, speaking of MMA fighters and porn stars, uh, the, the actress Christy Mack, 
is from Columbus, Indiana. Really? I'm yes. I'm not aware of that. And uh, she was dating, uh, I'll, I'm not going to pronounce this right, Paul Kofenhager. Uh, he legally changed his name to War Machine. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he does, he, I don't know, I guess he looks like you would expect. He, he looks like an Ed Hardy cigarette lighter. Yeah. <laughs> Tattooed up. Uh, very, he was, I know, he had to have been on every type of steroid. I mean, the dude would change shape and size every which way, but he, uh, he almost killed her. Really? Yeah, he, he. They had a very domestically violent, controlling relationship, and they'd split up. And he came home and found her with another guy, and he just, of course, relentlessly beat up both of them. Wow. When you're a 180 pound professional fighter, yeah, that's a real classic. Train killer. Yeah, she yeah. actually. Uh, I guess he was going through her stuff, and she escaped and ran to the neighbors, and uh, they were the ones that called the cops. He's gotten. That was not the first time he'd been in prison either. He'd gone a couple times, but. Uh, they threw the book at him this time, so he's in there for a long while. That's good. Deservedly. Yeah, and deservedly had, so. She had to get some plastic surgery and stuff, and I, I to wherever she's at. To Christy, uh, yeah. cheers to you. Hope you're doing good. Yeah. Uh, fuck that guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I actually, uh, the only MMA news I have of recent is I was just, uh, it was just a suggested video. It was... Joe Rogan's commentary from his podcast on the greatest stare down in history, and it was Crow Cop and uh, Vandalay, mm-hmm. uh, the axe murderer. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Vandalay was known for being a little stare di- guy down. He's the axe murderer. Yeah. But Crow Cop has actually killed people. <laughs> I mean, Crow Cop was ex KGB. <laughs> I mean, he uh, literally led an anti terrorist uh, organization for the KGB. This is a man who is literally killed oh, with yes. a knife like or his bare hands and yeah crow cop won that uh stare down and i think it's the only time vanderlei silva had lost a stare down yeah uh, i mean that man he had those uh cold killer eyes but they did nothing to crow cop <laughs> yeah i am uh fully convinced that the one of the greatest mma fighters of all time fedor yeah i think he has some form of like asperger's or something <laughs> because multiple people said that he would just look at the ground during the stare downs and he would glance up yeah. and it was terrifying. He is the <laughs> only man I've ever seen knock someone out that was literally on top of him winning. <laughs> like, literally he's seconds away from losing the fight and he just knocks him out. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> yeah, he was a, he was something special. Yeah, he that Russian that endurance build. Yeah. He's got the little layer of fat. I'm and, fairly certain he was built in the lab. That's a possibility. Yeah. That's, that is possible. He is one of those Russian super soldiers from the uh, Cold War. He was super, super Russian, too. Apparently, he was uh, almost superstitious about his food. Really? He would only eat, like, a soup that his mother, stew and his mother prepared him. Really? Because he was afraid they'd put something in his food yeah. and all those things. Which, yeah. I don't know. They, you never know. Yeah. They might have done that. Yeah. It's a yeah. scary place. And he's a scary yeah. dude. Yes, he is. I'm sure he is... Uh, I'm sure he's out there being a killer still. <laughs> he's, he's still technically active. Uh, COVID stopped him. Yeah, he he said it was his last fight when he knocked out uh, Rampage Jackson. That was awful. Oh my gosh, he yeah. just he looked. I mean, the guy looked like he was in his young 20s still. He was fast. He was on top of it. But Rampage did not look good, which helped. But uh, he said he might do two more fights in uh, the U.S. and Russia. I think because he did that one in. Japan. Yeah. yeah. I'm almost certain, yeah. But that COVID has just messed everything up. Really? Yes, and I don't know what we're going to do now with COVID resurging. Uh, yeah. 
it's going to be kind of interesting. Yeah, with the Delta variant, you don't know um, what uh, spectator sports are going to do at all. This is something I need to look into, too. I need to look into how exactly are they identifying the Delta variant? Because I looked into this briefly, and I could find nothing on how they're doing that. Yeah. I mean, are they sending samples to a lab and saying, oh, this is the Delta variant? <coughs> or are they saying, well, you're vaccinated, so you've got the Delta variant? Yeah, yeah. I'm not real sure. A lot that. of stuff is extrapolated yeah. right now, and it's it's this is a weird time to be alive. It really is. Um, I, I think it was uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald that said, may you live in interesting times. Mm-hmm. And we are definitely living in interesting times. We are. I may be wrong on who said that, but uh, yeah, that's... That's always something I've uh, strived for. Not like this. <laughs> Not like this. Like this is this. the worst zombie apocalypse ever. Yeah, I've, a year in, I said that. I said, this is the worst apocalypse ever. I haven't even gotten a day off. <laughs> I, mean, I have no like armor made out of trash can lids. Yeah, no. Um, maybe we're slacking. Yeah. Maybe we need to make more out of this apocalypse. We need to up the game. That's probably what it is. Yeah. We're just wasting our time yeah. watching, you know, What's the show? Tiger King. Yeah. We need another Tiger King. That's yeah. what we need. That guy saved the world. Yeah, he really he did. <laughs> he just lost his appeal, apparently. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he's going to be locked up for some time. Hmm. I think 20 years. Yeah, yeah. he's a wild one. That uh, bitch, Carol Baskins. We actually knew the people that lived across from uh, Wildlife and Need out here. Yeah. They lived right across from it on the fence. Really? And they said that more than once one of his wolves would get out and be on their porch sleeping. Oh, wow. And they said, you don't understand how big a wolf is until it's on your <laughs> yeah. porch sleeping. Yeah. So they, I, were, they were not big fans of his. They had no issue with him, but he actually got in trouble as well. He got in some big legal trouble. Yeah. Got arrested. Yeah. Yeah, you can't treat animals the way he was treating them. Right. Overwhelmed. He had, he had too much going on. Yeah. I've met that guy. Yeah, he's been at the Reptile Expos a few times. Really? Yeah. Nice enough guy when you meet him. But, yeah. You know. Yeah. That's that's easy to put on a facade for a couple hours. Yeah, it really is. And uh, I don't know. I think that goes to that speaks to uh, every person you meet. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm when figuring you, that out more and more. When you meet someone, you're meeting their representative. <laughs> you're meeting who they want you to see. It is. It is very interesting you say that. I actually had a talk. I'm. A, I think I'm a exceptionally self-aware person. Yeah. Uh, due to my upbringing, I had a talk with a friend of mine because obviously I'm going through some pretty serious tragedy now. And I told them, they said, "Are you doing okay?" And I said, "I don't know. It's like I'm playing a character of myself." Yeah. And that was probably one of the worst feelings I've ever had. Yeah. Because I just couldn't uh, like I could act normal. Yeah. But I couldn't connect with. It the, was an act. Yeah, it was yeah. very much an act. I felt the same way when I lost my mother. I uh, nothing felt real. Mm-hmm. I felt like everything. I felt like a to steal an Ani DeFranco line. I felt like a photograph of myself taken from far, far away. Yeah. Um, like I was just in the background. I was in the distance, mm-hmm. and uh, I couldn't reach out and connect with anything. Um, and uh, I can only imagine uh, uh, how you're feeling at this point. It's a yeah. uh, it. I, I think everyone kind of metabolizes uh, trauma and tragedy uh, a little differently. Uh, I know that for some reason my mind disconnects. Yeah. Uh, and that's how I deal with it. And I think at times that comes off, my behavior may come off as strange because I'm trying to just pretend to be normal. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's <laughs> hard. 
Well, that's that's very interesting. One of the things this did do, I feel quite a bit better now. At least I don't feel good, but yeah. uh, I don't have that uh, underwater feeling is what I always call it. But yeah. it made me really think about, like, kind of sympathize with people that have those mental health issues, that have that type of issue connecting, or they're always an act. And, yeah. I mean, I, that, it was just miserable, man. It was a... It was it was a terrible time. Uh, yeah, very strange. Uh, I mean, I think everybody's probably gone through this at one point. Uh, they probably just think of different ways to word it. Yeah. And I think that's one of our ways we, we can paint a pretty good picture for people. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah. think uh, everyone. Um, I, the older I get, the more I realize we're just human. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're just human, and everyone kind of goes through the same stuff, even though we don't always talk about the same stuff or know how to put it in words Mm -hmm. Um, but I think we all kind of deal with the same things in different levels and uh, kind of deal with them in the same way and if we were able to open up that conversation we might see each other for more human uh, as more human I think so it's it's hard to be vulnerable that's one of the hardest things uh, Mm -hmm. to really look at yourself in the mirror and be vulnerable yeah, uh, it's a very difficult thing, and when you're faced with a tragedy, that's kind of what you're forced to do. You're given no option. Yeah, that's the that's the very interesting thing. Yeah, you're uh, thrown into the deep end. And to be vulnerable and hyper perceptive was uh, really rough. You yeah, know what I mean, uh, you realize that oddly, people around you do have expectations of you still. Yeah, they do. <laughs> and then you feel that. So. Yeah, yeah, it was a. Uh, it's interesting. And like I said, I have to do this though. Uh, my two older sisters we have not had a close relationship Uh, obviously a lot of stuff happened in my childhood that was not ideal at all and uh, they just stepped immediately up and have just been unreal they they just filled a role of the parent that I didn't have and I I cannot thank them enough I want to give them the cheers right now to Tisha and Tara you are amazing people and uh, I, I hope we uh, I hope we stay close like this. That's amazing that you've had that. Um, it's it's a very odd thing when you have tragedy and you see who steps up. And uh-huh. I w- I've always been when the few tragedies I've faced and nothing like you're facing, but the few tragedies I've faced, it's always someone I didn't expect uh-huh. stepped up in a big way. Yep. And it's always floored me because. Uh, it's never someone I would have if I made a list of a hundred people that I thought would step up they wouldn't even make the list let me let me throw another one out there David Day my friend you uh yeah you're a saint man and uh, it was cool to hear what element to you too so yeah guys uh like I said rough times but it hasn't stopped us from thinking it hasn't stopped us from digging into stuff uh it definitely slowed me down a bit. I have not yeah. read a book. I have not done much of anything. I have been on the internet a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Surface yeah. on the internet a lot. Yeah. I did find that the last uh, three days I've actually started to enjoy uh, YouTube videos again. Yeah. That are my interests and hobbies. So that was uh, one of the biggest reliefs ever. That's good. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, just fantastic. Just relief. having that normalcy and that foundation again. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the hardest things. And, uh, I don't know. I went through the same thing. Uh, nothing after I lost my mother two years ago. Uh, nothing mattered to me mm-hmm. for a while. And uh, it was a huge relief to get back into reading again, which is a huge part of my life. Get Absolutely. back into writing again. and um, Which uh, 
that's about all I do. So is read and write. That so. this, we're definitely here doing this. Yeah. This was a. I actually had asked Justin to do this on uh, on the Thursday after he was like, I don't think I'm ready. I was like, yeah. I'm probably not either. Yeah. I was just gonna autopilot it. And <laughs> yeah. I was gonna just lean on him and let it go. So. Yeah. Well, I wanted to give it a moment to breathe mm-hmm. and uh, let us kind of think about it first and. Uh, I don't know. I think we will do a uh, an episode specifically for her. Yeah. Um, she she meant everything uh, to what we do here, and she was everything in your life. Yeah. And uh, we everyone that knew her loved her, mm-hmm. and uh, she, we will get into that. But is we're just not there yet. I'm not there at all. Yeah. Um, uh, it's it's. Uh, it's too roll of a nerve right now. So, but uh, I I do want to keep her spirit alive um, by doing this. She loved what we did here. Uh, she talked about it all the time. How much she loved this. She gave me more input than people would imagine, and actually was on uh, even on the, the tech side of this. She was helpful. Like, hey, these things. And I'll tell you this, man. Uh, and this is one thing I will throw out on this episode. Every time you suggested something to her, I don't know if you knew this, but she would immediately go and actually look into it. And when really? you find that person that will do that in your life, yeah. that's a special person. That really uh, is. She, there's a, a series that I have to read now. I feel so obligated that a friend of mine was into. He told me repeatedly to read it. And uh, she got it on audiobook and listened to all of them. And we really? talked to him about them, yeah. So that was like a, it was almost a superpower of hers. Her, yeah. her compassion was over the top. It really was. Yeah, I wish, uh, I, wish I had that. I, I wish I did. She was a warrior for others, mm-hmm. um, an absolute warrior, and she was all or nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was all in and fighting for you or fuck you and burn it to the ground. <laughs> and those could change quickly. Yeah. <laughs> I lived that. And I respect that um, mm-hmm. because she would never mince words. Uh, she said it, she meant it, and mm-hmm. you never had to question it. And you were just saying right before we started recording how you've had someone that was beyond consistent in your life for 17 years. Um, and so few people have that. Yeah. So few people have that person that is there, that is just absolutely without a doubt there. Yep. And uh, that's, a, that's a hole that um, can't ever be filled. All we can do is take that spirit and kind of infuse it into what we do forward. Uh, she was a person that wanted to change the world, and we might not be able to change the whole world, but we can at least make our di- difference with our little, our little purview of it. So, yeah. and I think uh, we keep her spirit alive by doing this. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I fully. That's where I'm at. That's why I was so eager to get back onto this, and yeah. I just am so thankful we actually had this. I'm thankful that we had this. I'm thankful that I'm, this is going to sound so. Odd. I'm thankful that I'm in shape. Yeah. I don't know. I just couldn't imagine how I would feel if I was just, you know, from years ago, just out of shape and sick and not feeling good. Yeah. Just all that. I mean, we got, uh, there's other layers to this. There's the COVID stuff. Yeah. There's that and, you know, just the general disarray of the world, but. Your mental health and your physical health are completely linked, and that's something we've kind of lost. The kind of the stereotypical dork is the fat, out of shape, but highly Mm -hmm. intelligent, and that's not been the norm throughout history it no. just hasn't i mean you look at neil degrasse tyson who was a state champion wrestler yes, you look at oliver Sacks, uh one of the most brilliant neurologists that ever lived also in a uh, uh, st- uh 
collegiate wrestler. Yep. Um, you've got all these uh, brilliant minds that were also very physical. Yep. And uh, your body and your mind's linked. Um, a lot of people, I suffered from very severe depression as a, a young man and teenager. And uh, very, very severe. And uh, getting in shape and changing my diet, I literally believe saved my life at yeah. one point in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> because uh, I, I know you can't, everything. not everything that works for me is going to work for the next person. But when someone tells me that they're full of despair or depressed and they can't see it getting any better, I always ask them, are you surrounding yourselves with po- positive people? Are you treating your body right? Are you eating right? Are you drinking plenty of water? Are you getting plenty of sleep? Because those are fundamental in our brains working. (laughs) They just are. Um, You've got to treat your body right for you to feel right. And uh, that's a huge thing. That's one thing that I definitely was capable of directly diving into. That was my consistency through the last uh, two weeks. Uh, And I, I was told by my training partner, she's like, yeah, you've lost weight in a week, but it's not a bad lose weight. So yeah, I'm happy to hear that. I'm, I'm happy to be moving on with that. Uh, have this kind of wrecked my plan. I had this wreck or this plan to, uh, I was eating three meals, four meals a day, uh, pushing for size. And I was going to push that all the way to the end of August and then start a cut. And I kind of started the cut uh two weeks ago now yeah so i'm just going to kind of roll with it and uh push that through september yeah uh back at work so i'll have access to food i'm going to try not to you know ridiculously eat horrible food uh made some really nice food tonight i got some uh, shredded beef i sweet yeah i made that in the crock pot it came out great i i literally just wanted to cook something yeah it's back back to that structure back Uh, to that normal yeah and that's another thing um uh, one of my close friends when I was in some of the deepest, darkest despair I'd ever been in in my early 20s said, get up, today take a shower. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow, uh, cook yourself something to eat. Yep. And then the next day you add something else and you add something else. And next thing you know, just doing the small things for yourself itself gives you structure. Yep. And it gives you a foundation. And uh, it helped tremendously. Uh, cooking's one of those things mm-hmm. that um, it's you can shut the rest of the world off when you're cooking. Yep. Uh, you can focus on just the excitement of this food. <laughs> it's the microcosm in front of you too. It's yeah, like, it's alchemy. I said that uh, I used to love reloading because it's it's alchemy. Yeah. And your different recipes, your different mixes. These are literally stones and rocks from the earth. Yeah. And then you make them fly through the air and, and do magical Make a bang. Things. Yeah. yeah. yeah uh, I've said for years, that's why I read and write, because it's magic. It's literally a magic spell. Mm-hmm. You take a combination of 26 symbols and put them on a page, and I am sucked into your mind. <laughs> that is a magic spell to me, and that's why I write because I want to partake in that magic. I want to, I want to cast magic upon people, and uh, I've always found that to be amazing. Uh, <laughs> literally, it's just a combination of twenty-six symbols on mm-hmm. a piece of paper, and the best writing. You don't even get a choice. You're automatically sucked into that world. You could be in a different time or place or uh, a different life. And uh, that's that's true magic. And there's a lot of magic in this world. You know, if you look with the right kind of eyes, you'll find it. Yep. Uh, I think uh, when we get down, we cease to see the ma- uh, the magic. And I never want to leave lead a life uh, without awe. 
I always want to be in awe of this world because there's so many things. I catch myself sometimes getting mad at my phone when it's being slow. <laughs> and then I think about it. And I'm like, that signal literally just went to space. <laughs> it literally went to space bounced and, around. and bounced around off a satellite. And I'm mad. <laughs> like, that is amazing. That's magic. <laughs> and uh, I, I try uh, daily to recognize the magic that's left in the world. That's how you stay inspired. Uh, it's tough. Uh, some days it's easier to see the magic than others, and not every day can be all all inspiring. But there should be something in every day that you can have that moment of wonder with, and that's kind of what drove me to want to do this: is to to dig for that wonder, to be in awe, and discover new things, mm-hmm. and maybe understand ourselves, get uh, understand the world a little better, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, one of my driving forces is just understanding the human condition. I think that's one of the only purposes of life and is just to fully understand that human condition that we all go through. And I think this helps explore that world. Um, we, we all have this inner world inside of us. And uh, I think that's a, uh, I, I think that's a noble cause to want to explore it. And speaking of that, I uh, actually am going to, start trying to section out more reading time like I had. Uh, Ella and I had gotten very, very busy yeah. uh, with her softball and stuff, and I was not doing that. Uh, yeah. But I now have uh, A Man Called Ove uh, on your recommendation. That's I have that book. book uh, and then I'm going to finish my uh, The Power of Habit, which yeah, was an good exceptional one. book. That's a, yeah. that's a really good book, and I'd read a little bit into that, and that's kind of what kept me that first couple days when I was like I'm going to get up and go to the gym yeah. because I can do that on autopilot Yeah, I, I know yeah. that in and out and yeah. I did yeah. and that kept that routine that habit and that really helped uh, were you ever able to finish uh, Man's Search for Meaning? not yet that one was way too rough that is a, it is a beast oh my uh, god it is a beast you will wrestle with from the day you finish it and for the rest of your life I reread mm-hmm. it usually every year um, but it has impacted my view on life mm-hmm. probably more than any other collection of pieces of paper <laughs> on the planet. The, uh, the first few chapters I got through have resonated in the past week like crazy. Yeah. And this, I don't know if, if you're not familiar with this book, he was in a, a concentration camp. Yes. In the first couple chapters, he talks about how he would see the, them give they were given cigarettes as like a currency yeah. and he would say when you saw someone smoking their cigarettes they'd given up yeah and uh, he just went through how random it was that people would give up and want to die and of course in that environment it was very easy to get yourself eliminated yeah so. yeah he actually he talks about being in line his pregnant wife uh, newly pregnant wife was in front of him his mother was behind him they picked every other person to go to the gas chamber Um, he was in the middle so he didn't get picked and uh, and he was able to he was able to make it through that and lead a meaningful life and I think that just goes to show uh, what we're capable of yeah Um, and you can't read a book like that and not think okay my problems don't matter (laughs) like like, no matter how severe (laughs) they're not that yeah (laughs) So, it's a very interesting read. I'm a, my reading and writing is getting 
just more and more bizarre as I age. Um, I'm on a huge... Uh, so in postmodern literature, which I've always been a fan, a fan of, you're talking about Kurt Vonnegut and John Irving and mm-hmm. uh, Tom Robbins, <laughs> or, uh, Thomas Pynchon are prime examples. Even uh, oh, John Steinbeck can be considered postmodern. It's that post-World uh, War II. Yeah. Um, uh, you can really tell postmodern writing with dark humor and cynicism and satire, and uh, which is I it's something I love. But now I've discovered a whole new vein, really starting in the late '80s, of uh, what David Foster Wallace coined as the new sincerity. That the new rebels of the world will be open and honest and not cynical. That will be the rebellious act. That will be. Uh, to actually feel and be okay mm-hmm. with that and to be sincere. And uh, so I've been reading these new, uh, kind of uh, new sincerity wave authors. And uh, there's some brilliant writers out there. One of my new favorites, uh, and he he's one of the most prolific writers for his age. He's only 48, and I believe he's written over 30 books. Mm-hmm. Uh, he started when he was 22, I think, was the first time he was published. Uh, Stephen Graham Jones, he has, he's a Native American, he's a Blackfoot Indian, but he created his own genre, it's called speculative horror, and it is hilarious and thought-provoking, and he is a student of horror films, and you can see it in his writing. (laughs) His first kind of famous book was called The Only Good Indian, which is from the quote, only good Indian is a dead Indian. Uh, It is absolutely brilliant. Absolutely. I just read another of his called Lead Feather, and I loved it even more. Um, it's bizarre and surreal and hilarious, but he gets down to this core of humanity. Uh, mm-hmm. He is so compassionate with his characters, and he is so sincere. Um, even when there is dark humor and cynicism, that's not the point. Um, the point is compassion, and uh, it's beautiful writing. I would highly recommend it to anyone. Um, I've read four or five of his books now, and uh, I plan to read them all. <laughs> he's that's a, that's a good goal. he's brilliant. Um, when I I'm kind of a hyper absorber because I'm so picky. Um, not every it has to be a little strange for me to like it. Um, so and not every I I can't do cozy. I can't do comfy reading. Uh, I don't like comfy mysteries. I don't like romance. I I want to be unsettled. Uh, that's what I look for in my reading, and uh, that when I find an author that does it for me, I tend to go all in with that author and read everything they've written, and uh, that's kind of where I'm at. And uh, I was telling you earlier about a book I had completely forgotten about, one of the oddest books I've ever read, uh, called Brand New Cherry Flavor. Uh, yes. I read it when I was 20 or 21, maybe. And it kind of just fell to the wayside. I loved it. I enjoyed the book. I love surrealism. I love weird. And it was one of the weirdest. But it kind of just uh, found its way into the pile, and I forgot all about it. Uh, Yeah, they made a miniseries, a short miniseries, I think 10 episodes on Netflix. It's trending at top 10 now. It is so much weirder than I remember. (laughs) 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 It involves voodoo and puking up kittens. (laughs) And uh, it's amazing. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Hallucinatory voodoo soups and uh, her payment to a witch is puking up kittens and uh, there's zombies involved. It's 
brilliant. It is, it is all of that with the backdrop of uh, the fake Holly, the fakeness of Hollywood. I we actually put this on uh, last week. A friend of mine and I put it on, and uh, she got about thirty minutes. And I was like, I don't think I can handle this. <laughs> like not right now. I was like. Fair enough. <laughs> and this is the thing. This is the type of writing I long for. <laughs> this yeah. is how I want to write. I, I, was, I was rolling with it. In yeah. my mind state, I was like, okay it's, with this. It's but brilliant. Yeah. It is absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I, I had read another one of his books as well. I can't, the title escapes me uh, in my early 20s. And it was... It would have been an NC-17 rating if it was made into a film. It right. was, uh, it was an orgy fest of sex, drugs, and rock and roll, but absolutely brilliant again. Um, Todd Gris- Grissom, uh, or Grisman, I'm not sure, um, but none of his books have been reprinted, so mm-hmm. they're all hundreds of dollars on and Amazon. And probably go up now that the show is. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they're doubling in price as we speak. Yeah. Um, Hopefully that means that um, some publishing house will uh, decide to reprint them. Right. Um, I know nothing of the author. He doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. So he's, he he's, does. It's just missing. He is as <laughs> mysterious as the brewery that makes proper 12. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I have actually, speaking of uh, series on television and stuff, I found a, one that I really, really enjoyed is on Stars. It's called Heels. Oh, and it is about small town professional wrestlers. And oh, that's I just, fantastic! I, I was watching. I was like, "This looks like it might be good." And it, it'll, the third episode drops tonight, and I am very excited about that. I cannot remember. Did you watch the wrestling show that was on Netflix? It had Annie from the Community. She was the main character. It was about female wrestling. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Warriors, yeah. ladies of wrestling. Yeah, that show was brilliant. It was brilliant. It, it was. Uh, it was so good. Yeah, uh, very tongue in cheek. Uh, the humor was just brilliant. It really was. It was so high minded and smart and funny. Yeah, it was uh, really good. Yeah. That was one of Ella's favorites. Wasn't I could picture that. I could picture her wrestling. <laughs> the, she she would. Yeah. So, uh, this is a random fact. Uh, she was the strongest woman I'd ever known. Really? And that is not an exaggeration. Would not work out. Could not get her in the gym. Really? Could not get her to do it. Yeah. I, I'm convinced she probably could have done chin-ups oh, yeah. without work, and that's crazy. Uh, yeah. Had, had never lost an actual wrestling match, which was just crazy yeah. to watch. She would just demolish other women <laughs> yeah. and choke them out. And it's so funny because uh, it's so funny that she got along so well with Aaron because uh, Aaron is the strongest woman I've ever met. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. uh, I mean, uh, Aaron could probably bench press most men I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she's, uh, she's a Valkyrie and yeah. her and uh, Ella would have made a great superhero team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think either one of them could have been called a sidekick. <laughs> Maybe that could have been the main theme. Yeah, <laughs> but I think there's a comic book in that. <laughs> we I need to so. talk to Aaron. Start writing this out. Yeah. Uh, massive honorable mention to my little sister Jenna too. Uh, pound for pound, uh, used to curl thirty-five pound dumbbells. It was almost like a strongman feat. Wow. Because she weighed like one twenty-five. Yeah. She was tiny, and yeah. she's still tiny, but she's always she rock climbs and stuff. When when you yeah. can rock climb, you're strong. I can't yeah. rock climb. I yeah. don't think so. I'll no. fall off. And that is total body strength, yeah. rock climbing. I, I know a rock climber that I am not a tall man. I stand 5'6", five, 5'7", five, on a good day. And he was shorter than I was, mm-hmm. uh, weighed less than I was. 
he could bench press almost twice his weight. It yeah. was insane. Uh, he and it was because his only hobby in the world was rock climbing. Yeah, <laughs> rain or shine, he was out there. Yeah, it's uh, the the big thing when you start really training muscles and trying to make them grow is you do what's called muscle mind connection. Yeah, you want to eliminate because your body will cheat. Yeah. If you go to pick something up, your body's going to recruit everything it can to get that moving. Yeah, because it doesn't understand that you know you're you're trying to isolate something. So yeah. you learn to do that. Those guys have that to a level where they have control over a lot of small muscle and yeah. large muscle groups. Yeah, he was telling me that uh, one of the hardest things to learn because he free climbed mm-hmm. and. He said, you have to learn to control and have full strength from just a couple of fingers, mm-hmm. not a hand, yeah. but isolate it to fingers because there are times you're hanging for your life from two fingers uh-huh. and you have to have as much strength in those Ooh. two fingers as your entire hand. And uh, he, he was like, watch. And he grabbed just my bicep and started to squeeze. I had to make him stop. Yeah. <laughs> like he could have broke my arm. Mm-hmm. I have no doubt. Um, it was amazing, his amount of grip power. And that's the only workout he ever did. He had those little uh, metal spring-loaded mm-hmm. uh, grip builders, and that he would. it was like a nervous tick. He kept them in his pocket, and he'd just... We worked in a kitchen together, and he'd constantly, if he, his hands weren't on something... He'd be doing uh, Yeah, and just working on his grip. And uh, that's what it takes, though. I mean, when you're free climbing, it's literally life or death, your ability to grip. I have a uh, exceptional movie recommendation too. I just brought this up to some friend of mine. They were we were talking. Uh, they were talking about sad movies. I don't find this movie particularly sad. Ella thought it was like the most heart wrenching thing she'd ever seen. Yeah. But it's the movie's called Palmer. Palmer. Justin Timberlake's the main uh, character. Yeah. And uh, it it deals with uh, substance abuse and foster care. Yeah. And. It is just exceptional. It's hard to find because it's on Apple, really? uh, Apple TV or something like that. Really? We watched it on, yeah, but I, I cannot recommend that movie enough. Uh, I got a friend of mine to watch it. I was like, dude, someone has to watch this. Just, so I know it's not just me. He wrote yeah. me back. He was like, damn you. Yeah. <laughs> that got me so bad. I was like, yeah. I told you. It's yeah. a good one. That's how I felt about uh, A Man Called Ove. Um, that's mm-hmm. why I recommended it to you guys. Uh, it. It hit me in a way that few had hit me. Yeah. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful book. Mm-hmm. And uh, hilarious. Uh, it's about a grumpy old man. And yep. uh, you learn every everything that ever happened in his life to make him a grumpy old man. And it is absolutely beautiful, just vignettes of this man's life. We'll be able to bounce that back and forth here soon, man. I'm yeah. going to make sure to finish that get through it yeah so. it's a it's a brilliant book I so. don't know about being a grumpy old man but I do know about the system uh, about every aspect of it and I can tell you that uh, the movie Palmer is probably one of the more realistic ones I've ever seen really oh yeah they That's do a wonderful job of not uh, making that overbearing yeah but presenting it in a very real way that's awesome uh, that's so rare mm-hmm. um that things are presented in the, a very realistic it presents way. some very extreme subjects that would normally get people emotional and opinionated in a like subtle and heartfelt way to the point that I if I found someone that was negative about that film I don't know if I could trust them anymore really yeah and if you watch it if any of you watch it go ahead and post up on the Facebook group 
or if you've seen it. And let me know if you know what I'm talking about. I don't want to run this one. I really don't. Yeah. I really want people I'm to... I'm going to have to seek it out. Th this I, is, yeah, this I is a film. Know. This isn't a book. It's not a huge commitment, guys. Two yeah. hours. Yeah. I, uh, I don't currently have Apple TV, but I'm sure I can find someone with it. Yeah. That's, and, uh, that's what we did. Get it in. And because uh, it sounds amazing. It is, um, yeah. Uh, I love uh, I love anything that uh, surprises me, mm -hmm. um, and it sounds like one of those films. I almost didn't get. I was like, "What, Justin Timberlake?" Yeah, he's Come an amazing now. actor. He's I've, amazing. I've been trying to hate that man for twenty years, mm -hmm. and it it fails every time. <laughs> yeah, we've brought him up before, man. He, yeah, he's just he, he's. I don't know. Have there's I ever, genuineness to him. I think. Have I ever told you about the Flaming Lips story with Justin Timberlake? Yeah, where he came. Did he play drums? And he played drums. Uh, at Flaming Lips has a huge cult following. They're mm -hmm. insane. They don't do drugs, but you would think they're all on LSD because there's balloons everywhere. It's very colorful. I mean, their most famous uh, uh, famous album is I can't remember the name. I think it's Musaka and the Flying Pink Robot <laughs> is the name of the album. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's the kind of band you're dealing with. Very out there. Uh, but they always, they're from Seattle. So their home show, after they get done with the tour, they always do Seattle last. And it's an all-day event. They go all out for their fans. And they're... Uh, their drummer had gotten sick on tour and uh, they put a call out they said we do not want to cancel the home show mm -hmm. is there any drummers in the crowd that know our stuff that could at least get through and uh, they're like we'll be taking uh, just little auditions in the back backstage uh, and they came out two hours later and we're like well we got somebody you may know him uh, <laughs> and uh, it's Justin Timberlake and he murders it yeah. I mean just absolutely murders it he had the entire crowd on their feet and this is not a crowd that's a fan of Justin Timberlake <laughs> they were by the end of that could show could you imagine being the guy that came in second though <laughs> I'd be like you only got that because you was famous it wouldn't matter if he outdid me I'd be like fuck yeah, you yeah. And your I'm sure he's still bitches about it. <laughs> he's probably talking about it right now, like that motherfucking uh, Justin Timberlake. Oh, he came out there all famous and stole it from me. That was my moment. Yeah, that was my moment. I almost joined the Flaming Lips. <laughs> I would have been a permanent member once you they saw it. me jam. You know oh my gosh, man. Yeah. Uh, speaking of music, I have uh, I had made a joke a while back, and I was like. Uh, there's no one that has my taste in music. And then uh, I had made a joke, like, if I find anyone with my taste in music, like, I'm just going to, like, immediately, they're, they're mine. They're my person. Yeah. And uh, my friends like, what do you mean? It can't be that weird. And I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> is that a challenge? Yeah. So I have made a bit of a playlist and sent it her way. This is, uh, like, maybe 15 minutes of me organizing songs. Yeah. And, I mean, my taste in music weirds me out. Yeah, uh, it does. Mine it too. does. I'm like, I don't. Can anyone uh, tolerate this? I feel the same way. Uh, my taste in music varies from, oh my god, you have to hear this, to, oh my god, please don't judge me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's uh, all over the map. Um, mm -hmm. Things I require from music is making me think or feel. Yeah. And uh, I I enjoy something from every genre, but if I f I can't stand any kind of fakeness. If I feel like you're presenting something fake, I, I can't listen That's, to that. Yeah, there are uh, many, it's many, gotta be real. Many metal bands that I cannot stand because I know yeah. they're phony. Yeah, they're and, fake. And, and it's right next to them to have a band that sounds similar, does a similar act, but they're the, you'll hear the lead singer talk or something. They're very yeah. serious, like mm -hmm. very well studied, yeah. intelligent person. I'm like, well, you're not 
doing this. You're not selling me anything. Yeah. You're just. Yeah. You're. You're. This is your show. This, this is you. Yeah. Some people take it way too seriously. Yeah. Yeah, and that's another thing. You cannot take yourself seriously. Um, I think I. I expect that from my favorite authors, my favorite uh, musicians. I don't want you to take yourself too seriously because mm-hmm. that's how it becomes fake. Um, when you're placating an audience, that's when it becomes uh, phony. And uh, I, and I listen to such a wide variety, but I mean, most of the things I listen to are not mainstream. I'm a huge hip hop fan, but the mm-hmm. hip hop fans I love and or the hip hop artists I love, most people have no idea who they are. Um, most people have never listened to ASAP Rock. Um, when I say that name, they're like, "Oh, ASAP Rocky," and I'm like, "No, this guy uh, has been making music in New York since '99." He <laughs> is. If you look at uh, any of the vocabulary charts he's at the top with mf doom yeah close to him. he is there's uh, some debate on who's actually like up in that well um ambrosia for heads which was started by the jizz and the rizzo of wu-tang they, um they uh, started a site that was a deep in-depth look and they hired much smarter people than them to like just analyze hip-hop and that's what ambrosia for heads website is it's just a deep analysis of hip-hop i i frequent it i love it but uh they started doing this thing like word count and word play and like mm-hmm. understanding metaphors and uh they uh one of their grad students that was working for him created a software that they took um every thing that artists had ever done it was like 500 artists and plugged them into this algorithm to see who had the biggest vocabulary aesop had it by 1500 words i don't know that i have 1500 words in my vocabulary (laughs) (laughs) and he beat uh literally the closest to him was eminem and then it went mf doom and he beat eminem by 1500 words yeah i mean the uh, the chart is hilarious yeah there's a cluster of people yeah he's off to the side yeah like he's he's out of this world but he literally he that's his thing he's obsessed with words and he said that's what drove me to hip-hop i was always a fan of it but he's like i'm obsessed with words and he's like i'm not a genius he's like i hate that label he's like but i'm also not an idiot <laughs> and he's like um he kind of his critics say he is uh just speaking in a word salad essentially that it doesn't mean anything any fan of his, you'd have to not be paying attention to not understand the metaphors. Sometimes the man- metaphors will only ever make sense to him because they're inside jokes mm-hmm. with friends and family and his wife. And yeah. um, But he is uh, off the charts brilliant. Um, he is definitely my favorite rapper. Uh, easily top five weirdest rappers I listen to. Very weird. Uh, another one is Bus Driver. Uh, Bus Driver... Uh, it's something else. He either is dressed uh, in a, like, uh, almost Nation of Islam outfit with vest and bow tie, or he looks homeless. There's no in-between. <laughs> he's abs- I'm, I would not be surprised to find out he's schizophrenic. Uh-huh. Uh, he is absolutely brilliant. He is, uh, uh, he's up there with Aesop in my mind. He is... Uh, um, with songs like uh, Kill Your Employer <laughs> and <laughs> I Am the Last Black Astronaut. <laughs> um, he is uh, something other than. He's even weirder than Aesop. Uh, he really is. He uh, does not care. Interesting. Uh, um, uh, I'm a huge hip-hop fan, but those are names that most people... Uh, and if I played it for him, they'd be like, what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. Um, it's very odd. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's out there. Yeah. But if you stick around and 
like wade through the oddness. Uh, they're not odd because they want to be odd. They didn't set out to be weird. They never called themselves weird. It was the world that called them weird. Um, it's not fake in any way. It's them. It's it's who they truly are. And to see something that raw and that artistic is a thing of beauty. I mean, you listen to to fully understand uh, a complex Aesop song, uh, and literally there's a song he did called... Uh, face melter and it's him just going off on a beat that's all it is he's literally coming up with stuff off the top of his head it took me four or five listens before i would start to understand some of the metaphors it it is absolutely brilliant his wordplay is unmatched Mm -hmm. and that's what i look for i look for a true artist and he is he's more than a rapper he's an artist and uh he's actually uh he, he started as a uh, tagger artist. He was a, a tagger kid growing up in New York, what they call a backpack kid, because mm-hmm. um, they're always carrying a backpack full of paint. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, he's, uh, he's absolutely brilliant, and he is just making better and better music. His, uh, his last album was about spiritually journeying with ayahuasca. <laughs> his uh, album before that, The Impossible Kid, uh, is about coming to terms with turning 40, and it is absolutely brilliant which is a funny thing when you actually look at uh, hip-hop is how centered it is on youth and actually it's weird the mainstream gets younger now everyone's a baby yeah they're 17 18 they're not little i mean even in the 90s you look at uh you look at the very first uh ain't nothing but a g thing with Mm -hmm. snoop dogg you look at uh uh, bow wow wow yippee yo yippee yay. Uh Snoop Dogg was nineteen. Yeah, he was a kid. <laughs> he was a he was a child, <laughs> barely uh, old enough to sign a contract. And it, they have gotten younger though. I mean, um, the word like the the you got duh baby and stuff. And I'm like, what? <laughs> the poo shiesty. What? What are you? Ser- is this for real life? Some of right these now? names. You're really doing this? Like yeah. this is what we're gonna get it, told. It's funny. It's, it's funny though because there is a group of. Uh, they're all hitting kind of their twenty-eight to thirty mark right now, mm-hmm. but there is a group of guys like J Cole, like uh, Kendrick, um, that are keeping hip hop alive, mm-hmm. and they're actually bringing some of these younger guys up. Good. baby just signed to Dreamville, J. Cole's uh, record label. Well, we'll see what happens. Um, he's actually very talented. Mm-hmm. Um, I, when I first saw his name and everything and kind of what he presented, I was like, wow, was, was this is Was baby the guy that shot someone in Walmart? Uh, I, it was self-defense, yeah. but... You know. I, I think so. I'm not positive. I'll have to look into that. I think that was it. But uh, one of the ones, one of the young guys that's absolutely killing it right now, He J. Cole has said he is the next J. Cole, is uh, J.I.D. Jitty. He is brilliant. Uh, this kid spits fire. And uh, he, I'm excited to see where his career heads. He just got signed to Dreamville a couple years ago. I believe he just turned 22, and he's been touring with J. Cole for four years. Yeah. Um, he, I think he was 18 when he signed to Dreamville. Um, young guy, but he is his uh, wordplay and his style is unlike anything I'd heard. Um, and it's pretty interesting. There's guys out there doing the damn thing. Um, I don't know, you have kind of these weird sects in hip-hop, um, and it's always been true. Um, right now we have um, the the drill beats coming out of New York, which uh, I'm not a huge fan of. And You've got the Chicago. Yeah, it started in Chicago, and then it moved to the Bronx. Mm-hmm. And uh, with that, um, we just got a visitor. We did. Uh, 
Mr. Kelsey. Oh, Kelsey said food. something to the fine folks. Hello, fine folks. <laughs> the, the, the neighbor has arrived. That's awesome. They brought you food. Yes, they did. Thank you, Kelsey. You're very welcome. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, um, you, I originated in Chicago, then moved to uh, the Bronx, and uh, it's kind of changing everything. Um, it, it's kind of weird. You've got, uh, <laughs> it, they're trying to bring back the 90s, apparently, but they're doing it all wrong. You've got gangs that were initially affiliated with one another killing each other now <laughs> in the Bronx. It's crazy. It's, Interesting. it's all about uh, the GD, uh, or Folk Nation, mm. uh, facing off with uh, Crips, which have always been, the Crips were part of the Folk Nation at one point, um, or vice versa. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty bizarre. And it's funny because all the other Crips, like the West Side Crips, are saying, we're not involved in that. <laughs> like, we don't hate GDs. GDs don't hate us. <laughs> like, that's a Brooklyn thing. And it's staying in Brooklyn. <laughs> like, because they're all in all-out war right now. It's pretty interesting. Hip-hop culture is, uh, is a, you could spend a lifetime uh, studying that culture. It's pretty interesting. Absolutely. Well, man, we are getting towards the end of this one. Uh, it's good to be back. I'm going to just say that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, we're going to try to keep this thing moving and mm-hmm. move forward with her spirit alive. Um, it won't ever be the same, but uh, I think we can still do some good. I think so, too. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just funny doing it now too and seeing the little things are missing, like the timer. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. Neither of us set a timer. Yeah. The. Uh, what we sipping on today? That, yeah. was, that was a big one for me. That's um, Yeah, not hearing that, mm-hmm. but uh, but yeah, we'll. Uh, we're gonna make it, man. We're gonna make it. We're gonna get so, through it. So everyone, forgive us that this was a bit of a uh, spattered mess. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're here. Yeah. We're doing it. Yeah. And uh, thanks everyone again. Please hop on the Facebook uh, group, and you know if you've got a. I'm going to put something in our group, too, about if you have a specific story about the queen of the dumpster fire. Yeah. I'd like to get something in there. Uh, I have a post on my own wall about that, but uh, I'm going to... Uh, I would like to kind of do a, uh, an episode that's awake. Mm-hmm. Um, just share stories and uh, talk about who she was and how great she was. So That's what we're planning, guys. That's like, so, I've, got a, I've got a special whiskey for it and all. Sweet. Again... Thank you all for listening through this. We will be back. Yes. Uh, Thank you, guys. Yep. Keep on dumpster diving. Okay.